Wasn't that amazing this morning? Hey Amen. It's good to see. I mean, every testimony shared here this morning is of what God has done. What Jesus has done in the lives of his people. Amen. So it's such a privilege this morning. I'm, I'm going to try and be as short as possible. We're well in our, in our service time. But I'm going to try and, and be as, as short but as, as obedient as I can. As I, as I should be in saying what, what he wants me to say this morning. Are you okay with that, church? It's truly an honor and a privilege to be part of the school. I get to, to, to participate, and, and many of you that walk in into the, the offices week by week, uh, you will see us engaged and and be really part of the school. So it's really a privilege for us to be part of the school. We get to ch- have church every day. So we get to do this every single day. We get to bear witness of the power of, the, of God at work in students' lives, in teachers' lives, in parents' lives, and in our lives. We serve a faithful God. The way God orchestrates things according to his will, it's amazing to see. The many testimonies represented here this morning that you, many of of which you've heard, but if we had to give people an opportunity, more people an opportunity to share their testimonies, we would be here all day and all night because God has just been so good. When I thought about the school in preparation for this morning, I thought about education in particular. I want to ask you this morning, so is, it okay, is it okay for you to preach with me? Just turn to your, the person next to you and say, is it okay? Are you going to speak? Are you going to preach with? In Afrikaans, say ons, hy vraag mooi moos. I want to warn you, the more excited and passionate I become, the more colored I become as well. So, so you'll hear the colored come out of me. Okay? I want to warn you. I want, to, I want you to ask yourself the question, why did you go to school? Because hey? you had to, you were forced to. Come on, give us other reasons. So something tells me your children are asking the same question. Why am I going to school? To play sports. Well, give me other reasons. To get clever. <laughs> to make friends. To be educated. Okay, now we're getting more serious now. Charmaine, thank you for bringing some order. Okay. Why else? We were threatened. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. Yes. For? For? For the girls. <laughs> okay. Reinhardt. Reinhardt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Many of us have reasons, right? Some, some of us might say, to let them learn. So that's why I send my, my kids to school. 
Right? I'm sending them there to learn. Who's that? Who says that? Right. Okay. We're on, the, we're on the right track. Some may say it's to develop skills that will allow them to get good jobs one day, make positive contributions to the world. Who says that? Right? Some of us might have very different reasons. They would say things like, my kids have opportunities today that I didn't have. So it is to give them those opportunities. Who says that? In the colored community, I warned you, right? In the colored community, I was reminded about the things my parents would say. My dad had grade four. That, that's what he had. My mom had grade 10. So for them, their reason was essentially a way to lift us out of poverty. Right? So they said to us, you have to go to school. And then they beat us. Right? Can I get a witness? <laughs> right? They beat us into submission. Until we actually got an understanding that education is important, right? <laughs> so we focus on education for whatever the reasons are. We know it's important and there are outcomes from those decisions that are good, right? I mean, look, look, at, look at everybody in this room. You've been touched by education. You've come through a form of education. You're still learning where you are today, right? So it's a good thing. We know that education is an important part of our lives and setting goals in this sphere. Look at that. Can you see that? Look, in this sphere, this strata is good. And it's something that we would like to see for ourselves and for others, right? My message is entitled today, To What End? To what end? Ask, ask the person next to you, to what end? In colored Afrikaans, marukom. <clears throat> Turn in your Bibles with me. To 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. Do you know this? You know this, right? You know what's going on here. That's what Paul is saying. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Do you remember this? Do you know this well-known well scripture? Paul writes here to the church of Corinth and he reminds them to stay focused on the prize. He says, you've, you've got to exercise self-control and to be sure about what you're running for. 
Don't run aimlessly, he means to tell them. Don't just run. Be disciplined and stay on track to win. He makes an important distinction as well between receiving prizes that fade away, that are temporal, and, that the, and, the, and the distinction between the prize that is of eternal value. It is important. Early on in the chapter, you, you can go and read it for yourself, there's a dispute going on about paying preachers for preaching with, within the church. And he, see, he makes the argument in the passage of Scripture that, you know, it's right to actually do this. You have to, you have to pay preachers for preaching in the church, doing their work, right? But he says, but hold on, that's the right. That's temporal. And if that's a problem, I forego it in exchange for something that is of eternal value. Are you with me, church? So he says, he makes the point on staying focused on what is eternal by doing this. He has the right to accept payment, but he surrenders his right. Lest it becomes a stumbling block for what is more important, which is preaching the gospel. He forgoes the temporal in exchange for the eternal. So, where's Marika? Marika, you, you're having an influence on us. Some observations eh, from, the, from the text. How much of our decisions have any bearing on what is temporal versus what is eternal? I'm not, and I'm not talking about what a decision on what brand of toothpaste you use. Right? Who, uh, just by the way, Colgate here, yeah? just, just so you know. So it's not about those small insignificant decisions that we are faced with. It's about the decisions that we make on why school. It's the de decisions that we make on why do we work in IT Why do, we, why do I work for R&B? Why work? It's those decisions. Are you with me, church? How much of what we have invested in, into these things will be of eternal value and what will fade away? What is the goal then for us? What is the mark that Paul is talking about? What are the reasons for doing what we do? I ask again, to what end? Therefore, have you, have you heard that word in the, in the word before? Therefore. Frontline Christian school is not just a school. It doesn't just focus on the temporal, but on that which is of eternal value. You heard it here this morning. We give them Jesus. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We train and instruct them on the word of God. We teach them how to pray. We worship together. We worship together, Rainy. We break bread together. 
That sounds like church, doesn't it? We walk in discipleship journeys together. Parents and teachers, teachers and students, board members and students, we run to win. We don't fight aimlessly with the focus on the temporal, but rather on, on that which is eternal. So when we talk about why school, it's with eternity in mind. It's not just school. Yes, we will train them to be the best lawyers. Amen? We will train them to be the best teachers, the best social workers, doctors, administrators, tech and IT leaders, drone operators. Where's, where's Travis? Drone operators, engineers, and politicians. Yes, we will and we are. But there will be men and women of God in these spheres, these stratas of society, changing and transforming it so that it looks like Jesus. Why? Because they are there. That's you and me. When I step into my banking day job, the question to me is, Kirk, does R&B begin to look like Jesus when you're there? It's a question, observations. Our focus is not on the temporal because it's, it's, that, it's on that that's eternal. If, we, if it was just about sending your child to school so that they can learn something, without Jesus it means nothing. If it is about just sending your child to school, to this school and any other school, to just learn a skill without Jesus, it means nothing because it fades away. It's temporal. So don't get me wrong, church. We are going to teach them how to develop skill so that when they go, they transform society. But without Jesus, it means nothing. Let's just put our thinking caps on for a second. Can we do that? Education is such an important pillar of our society. Think about the spheres in society that is impacted in some shape or form by education. Education is the access point and an entry point into almost every sphere of society. Let's think for a second. Entrepreneurs, do you need to know something about something? These are the people that start new ventures and employ others. Does education impact them? Think about the finance sectors. Do you need to know something about that? Do you have to have an education to influence it, to change it, to transform it? Think about lawmakers, the medical field, builders. I don't know about you, but if, if my builder hasn't actually learned how to build something, can you imagine what your house will look like? Administrators, the internet of things, artificial intelligence, 
Who's using ChatGPT? Please don't, let, let it not be the students. Robotics. So when you see, we have a vision up there that talks about impacting the spheres or the stratas of society. What we are saying is that those fears are to look and sound and be impacted by Jesus. We will train them, equip them with skill, but with Jesus as the focus, the primary focus, so that there's Jesus people within our society, where we wouldn't have to legislate against things that we are seeing that we know is wrong. Why would there be a need? Why would there be a need to point out and say, we're not going to do that when everybody is doing what Jesus desires? So law is not the answer. Jesus is. Amen. Business. What would honor Jesus? Education. This is what would honor Jesus and impact a nation. Proje who's project management? Who's in project management here? Anybody in project management? Who has ever managed projects? Project management. The way in which I manage this project, would it honor Jesus? So it's not a focus on what we do, church. It's a focus on who does it through us. It's with eternity in mind. I look at Paul's example and, and he is utterly consumed by his mission. And his mission is to preach the gospel. He's unmoved and not swayed by the temporary. I mean, he, he forgoes his paycheck. He says, listen, if this is a, this is a problem, this is going to prevent me from, from preaching the gospel, I'll forgo it. It's more important things. He talks about having discipline. Why discipline, you might ask? It's because we can get distracted by the things of this world. A focus on the temporary and we lose sight of what is eternal in value. Paul is an example to us in this and in that he didn't allow his insecurity to distract him from what is eternal. He knows Jesus is enough. You know what? What happens when we start focusing on, on the things just in front of us? It's usually driven by two things. It's driven by fear. Right? Did you hear my dad? He said, you need to get an education. Why? Because you need to get, you need to lift yourself out of poverty. What was that driven by? Fear that I would be in the same position. Insecurity that says, I need to have this. I need to have Jesus and this. Jesus isn't enough. I need to have this car. I need to, to live in this neighborhood. It's driven by insecurity. So it's Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus, but it's this too. 
And then we draw our attention off eternity and, and, and really start focusing on the, on the temporal. I notice that there are very, very few amens. So, Randy, what we'll do after the service, we'll download the track and we'll put some amens in. I need to make a plan for my son and my, this son and daughter of mine. They need an education so that one day they can leave this country. That can become a reason. Our decisions are driven by fear and our own insecurities. And we become distracted. Mom and dad, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Disciple them. And then it doesn't matter where they go and what they do for a living. Because they'll go there and and transform it and change it. This is what their calling is. Amen? Why school? Jesus. Why work? Jesus. Why family? Jesus. Why relationships? Jesus. Why worship Wednesdays? Rainy, why do we do worship Wednesdays? It's Jesus. Why apologetics, Marika? It's Jesus. Why honor everyone? Are the are the amens coming? <laughs> uh, why frontline? Why do we exist? We exist because of Jesus. Jesus is at the center of our lives, so it's not education or the work that we do or what we do when we do it. It is Jesus. Then, every breath I take is about Jesus. Not about the things, but about king and kingdom. This is our calling, church. I'm going to end off shortly. This is our calling. Many would talk about calling and think about those things that make us happy. And once we are happy in doing it, we have seemingly found our calling. Many of us would talk to teachers and say, well, this is not just a job, this is a calling. I want to flip that on its head. Calling you in financial services, your calling is to follow Jesus in financial services. Where's the teachers in the room? You're a teacher. Your calling is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ while you're teaching. Where are the bankers in the house? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what was, what was said. <laughs> We have bankers in the house. 
your calling is to be a follower, a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ while you're a banker. I'm thinking about Eskom now. (laughs) Should I go there? Eric, you, you're in project management, you, but you're a disciplined follower of Christ. And Eskom will be changed wherever you go. Wherever you go, Eskom will be impacted. Now, I've got a version of Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, to the leaders of Frontline Church, you go and you make disciples. That's not what what the true version is. To the elders of Frontline Church, you go make disciples. To the teachers of Frontline Christian School, it's your job to make disciples. Is that right? What does it say? It says, go he. Who's he? Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Go ye therefore and make disciples. This is our calling, church. So when we come to school, it is to make disciples. When we go to work, it is to make disciples. When we in our family, we have to be deliberate about making disciples. As I follow Christ, I give Christ. Paul is consumed with Jesus. Are we? That's why the focus is clear, not distorted. That's why he can forgo the temporal to win the eternal prize. Church, we talk about seeing revival. Who wants to see revival? Come on, lift up your hands high. Say, I want to see revival. But I believe what will usher in revival will be for you and I, all of us, to have a culture of discipleship. Focused on our calling with eternity in mind. Those decisions that we make that are based on the things that will fade away, shift focus. Shift focus. Our reasons for doing anything is beyond the temporal. It's not driven by fear. And insecurity that focuses us on the temporary, but with eternity in mind. Here's the question, church. Where are we? Are we aimlessly beating the air and missing the mark? Let's evaluate it for ourselves in those areas of our lives that need to be reorientated and focused on attaining the prize. Howie, I'm thinking about your your fitness business. Your disciple while you're doing your fitness business. Pastor once said, I think it was could have been late last year. I think so. 
you said, we're either discipling the world for Jesus or the world is discipling us. Evaluate for yourself the reasons we have given ourselves that revolves around the temporary and not the eternal. It's our opportunity today to realign our focus. I want to say this in closing. Faith is connected to the eternal. Without faith, we can only see this life. So we end up storing up for ourselves things that Jesus is never impressed by. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to ask you to take a moment to evaluate, reevaluate, look at the decisions, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in this way too. And ask the Lord just to reveal those areas of your life that it has been utterly focused on what is temporary and not eternal. And then can we do this as a church? Can we do this as a community? Parents of kids, can we repent? Can we turn? And say, Lord, search my heart in these areas. I've made this about the things and not about you. I've made education about attaining knowledge. But everything is about you. Right where you are, I want to ask you if the, the Lord has reminded you of some things. I want you to say to him, Lord, yeah, I am. I surrender myself afresh to you, to your will and your ways. As a father, when I approach raising my children, it's not from a place of fear, not from a place of my own insecurity, but with eternity in mind. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand. So Lord, I commit and I recommit areas of my life to you. Take the focus off what is temporal. Won't you stand? I want you to raise your hands to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me as I'm praying with you today. Lord, forgive us this morning 
from losing sight and sometimes, Lord, even beating the air aimlessly. Lord, we repent and we turn. Everything is about you. Not just the portion of my life, not just about education, not just about my work. Everything is about you. My family is about you. My neighbors is about you. This community is about you. So Lord, help me to reorient my life. Redirect, change, shift my focus, Lord. Holy Spirit, remind me to focus on you, to place my faith in you rather than those things that are temporal, that fade away. Help me, Lord, to live with eternity in mind. So when the tough times comes in this life, I can look to Jesus and be rest assured that this too shall pass. So we place our hands in yours. We turn. We repent. And we say, yes, Lord, to your will and your way. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a big shout of praise in this place?